All right, good morning. Good morning. Once again, good to worship together. And we, we are here because of that, right? We are here because we have been given access to worship. You know, access to a relationship with a father. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, uh, I'm not going to read Acts, but I want to talk about this, that we all will know him from the least to the greatest. That's why we come together. We come together to be equipped and to grow in our awareness, you know, about who God is and how to relate to him. You know, and that's what I think that what really changed with the coming of Jesus and the Messiah is like in the, the book of Hebrews, it's all about that, that he came not to replace, but to be the perfect, you know, uh, access, mediator, that you don't need to sacrifice animals every year, you know, because the, the sacrifice was done once and for all, right? And so this promise was made in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, 31, it says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke. Right? So God came, took them out of Egypt. On Mount Sinai, they made a covenant. And they said, I want to be your God, I wanna, and I want you to be my people. I want to have a, a relationship with you, right? And they decided to break that covenant and go after other gods, right? So they said, that's okay, you broke, but I'm going to make a new one. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. And on their heart, I will write it. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They will not teach again each man his neighbor, or each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all will know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. So to me, this is important because... At one point, we're not going to need anybody to tell you you need to know the Lord because we will all know him, right? And I think that we are all in this process, and it doesn't matter what level you think you are. It doesn't matter if you're a, a, a toddler or you're going to college. What matters is that you have your relationship with your father, right? It doesn't matter. We don't need to compete, but we, we can come together as a family, and in our oneness, in our oneness, we grow. Because that's what Ephesians 4 talks about. It's like Ephesians 4. That's why we come together. That's why it is important to have a, a family, right? It says, for the equipping, and he gave some as apostles, uh, Ephesians 4.11. And 
pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Why? Until we all attain the unity of the faith. And that's what I want to talk about. And uh, that's what, if you ever wonder what God is looking for, he's looking for this unity. Okay? Until they, they all, we all attain, and Paul is including himself, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So, what I think he's saying here is that we, at one point, we're all going to get to know the Father as Jesus knows the Father. Okay, so, don't think that you, you, you're always going to be that distant. We should be striving and looking with expectation for this growing relationship with God, the Creator, okay? To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, by craftiness, in deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, and the love, the truth we know is a person, right? He is the truth. So as we learn and we get deeper in this relationship with the truth, we speak the truth in love to one another. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, every joint supplies, everybody participates, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Okay, so sometimes I ask myself, what are we doing here, right? I think that that's what I'm doing here. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this, that they may all know me, that they, I will be their father, and they are going to be all my children. And they're all going to grow together uh, until everybody gets to this measure of the fullness that belongs to Christ. In Romans 8 says that he's the firstborn among many brethren. And, you know, it's interesting, after he was crucified, you know, and he was resurrected, and then he appeared to Mary, and, and, and she was holding on to him and said, no, don't hold on to me. I'm going to my father and your father. I'm going to your God and my God and your God. So we are brothers and sisters, you know, and we are supposed to be growing up into the same awareness of who God is as Christ came to introduce us to that new covenant. And that new covenant is because the truth is given to us. We have the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to read John 17 because it, it is a prayer. And it's called here in my, my Bible, it's called the High Priestly Prayer. 
So John 17, uh, the whole book, the Gospel of John is, you know, like we were talking, it's quantum. <laughs> it goes way beyond, you know, what everybody else was writing about Jesus. That's why it's different than the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke. Because John brings this whole awareness of not just what was happening in the life of Christ while he was here. You know, let's go to John 1. This is how he starts. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, Nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And then verse 14 says, And the word, bless you, and the word, the word is like the essence of the universe. The, 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 the ages were created, framed by the word, right? So everything that we see was created by the word. And then it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory as the only begotten from the father, full of grace and honor and, and truth. Okay, so let's jump to John 17, okay? This is important because that's what I, I, I think that we, I don't want to go to church the rest of my life. I want to get to know him, right? I want to get into this relationship with him. And it's almost like a lot, we hear so much about oneness and unity and we, we focus so much in, in our oneness. But I think that we should put like 95% of the emphasis in my oneness with God, the Father. And then as I become more and more like him, I'm going to learn how to love his creation like he loves. Right? Then you, 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 you don't have the problem. It's like a... Yeah. So think about this. This is... Jesus last moment with his disciples you know before he was going to be beaten spit on crucified killed you know and then so that was like the last supper he washed their feet john chapter 13 and then they were like eating supper breaking bread the wine and all of that right so this is like the last moments and then he starts praying. And I think that he's still praying for the same prayer. John 17, 1. Jesus spoke these things and lift, lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Even as you have given him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. Okay? 
This is eternal life, that they may know you. So that's the covenant. That's the, the covenant that the new covenant that Jeremiah was talking about, that they may all know him. So this is, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on the, on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Before there was the world, he was the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and they were one. And, but he gave up that glory to become a human, right? Uh, let me find this here really quick. So it's not just my words. He was already with them. He was already with them. Yeah, he was there. Uh, uh, I'm not finding, but he says he emptied himself. He gave up his glory. He gave up everything that he had before to be born in a manger, to be born as a human, and to grow up, right? And then uh, he became, by everything that he went through here, as a human being, he became the son of God. And that's the process that we are in right now. Okay. Verse 5 again, now Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. Okay? For the words which I gave, you gave me, I have given to them, and they received them, and truly understood that I came forth from you, that they believed that you sent me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. Okay, now we're going to start getting to this subject of being one. Okay, and that's what is like supernatural and it, it, it is a mystery because how do you explain the oneness between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? You know, and then Christ is here asking that we all become one, that we enter the same relationship. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name which you have given me, 
and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sometimes do you ever think that you do not belong here? <laughs> you know that this world is like, what am I doing here? I think about that all the time, but that's, you know, that's just like Jesus did not belong here because he came from the Father. I really believe that we also came from the Father and we're in this process here of learning something and returning to the Father eventually, you know, to that they may all know me from the least of, to the greatest. And that's eternal life, that they may know me. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I love this. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Just as the Father sent Jesus to accomplish a work, and that's what he's saying, I, I'm, I'm done with my work here. Now I can return to you. Just as God sent Jesus, he's saying, I, I also sent you. That, that should like fill our lives with anticipation, right? What am I here to do? You know, what am, I am here that I may know him. That I may grow in my relationship with the Father, just like Christ was able to grow in his relationship with the Father in the flesh. Right? They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of this alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. You are included. He was not just talking to that handful of disciples around him that one night, but everyone that will believe in him through their word that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I don't know about you, but this makes me like, wow, thank you, Jesus, for including me in this relationship that I can be one with you and the Father as you are one with the Father, right? Yeah. And that 
so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. You, we need to be feel as loved as we know that the Father loves Jesus. You know, just like, you know, when he was baptized, it was like, this is my beloved son, right? And that, that's what he's saying here. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yes, I have known you, and this have known that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them, and will make it known, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is important for me because it's more than being a good Christian, right? It's more than just trying to do everything right and one day going to heaven. You know, it's, it's about getting this relationship and getting to know the Father as he is, not as we know from the old covenant. The old covenant is based on our sacrifices. The new covenant is based on what Christ has done once and for all, opening the door and including all of us. So in Hebrews, it says, Hebrews 5, 5 says, So also Christ did not glorify himself so as to become a high priest, but he, he who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Just as he says also in another passage, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Continuing verse 7, in the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. It's done. The, I, lo I love this. And then Hebrews 8, verse 7. So here he's saying, be careful. The writer of the book of Hebrews is saying, be careful that you do not go back to the old covenant. You know, that, because that's what 
Some believed they were happen was happening because there was persecution against the Christians, the believers, right? So some were like, okay, let's forget about this thing of Jesus being the Messiah because we're, we're going to get killed here. And some were like going back to the temple and, and going back to the sacrifices and going back to the old covenant, right? And so he's saying here, we're, uh, Hebrews chapter 8 is called a better ministry. So don't forget that what Christ did is a, a better ministry. It's better than the old covenant. It's better than anything else. You don't need to worry about making all those sacrifices and working harder and all of that because it's done. And then verse 7 says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. You know, the, the first covenant, you know, the, one of them, the, the right translation for Torah is not law, but it is teaching. The first covenant was meant to be a preparation to prepare us, to teach us until the coming of the new covenant, which was the fulfillment and the, uh, the better covenant, right? So the first covenant had, it was fault, was not faultless. It had issues because it depended on the high priest making sacrifices of blood of animals, you know, that would never, never be enough to bring us back to a, a relationship with God. For finding fault with them, he says, behold, days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant. And he's quoting from Jeremiah here with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day that I, when I took them by hand, by the hand to lead them out of the hand, land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant. And I did not care for them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all will know me, from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. When I, he said a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. Lord, thank you. You know, thank you again for the, the quantum. The all is way bigger. You know, and that's what I'm so thankful for the Lord this last few years. You know, is that I, my, my relationship and my awareness of who God is and what he he's, has already done is so much bigger than I understood before. And it's so much like, oh my God, I, I can't walk with God, you know, like we were talking in the beginning, as in the paradise of the Garden of Eden. 
even with all these snakes and the serpents and all the, the things I have to do and I should not be doing, it, it is still a paradise because I can grow in my relationship with my father, with my Abba. And, and that is done, you know, and goes beyond these four walls here. It's everywhere in relationships that you encounter with people and things that happen. And that to me makes life exciting. Right, because it is about this supernatural, you know, relationship and awareness that he is like a 24-7 line access for you to talk to him and for him to talk to you. Amen. Right. Yeah. Yes, it is. You know, and, and, and it is what we heard, you know, it's the kingdom of God, whatever, you know, is a relationship. You know, and it's all about relationships. It's how, you know, like this the verse, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? We, we did this and we did that. But that's the, the thing. We, we, did, we did it. We did it. And he's not looking for what you can do. He's looking for you to know what he has done. You know, and then you live and bask on that. And then you, not only that, you know, John 13. He says, he says, He washed their feet, right? And it says, You call me teacher and Lord. Uh, John 13, 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash their feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. Right? So it is just in the little things that we can do to those around us and being able to receive that also. That really, anyways. Lord, bless this for us. You know, but the, the main thing to me is that because of this, you know, and we have a, a song that we say for the communion, right? We come and we, we, we say, Lord, give us today our daily bread. Give us today a, a new revelation, a deeper relationship, a deeper connection with you, and then a deeper uh, uh, awareness of how to walk in our destiny in this world. You know, to come and remind us what was the mission that you gave us <coughs> when you sent us, right? Because he said, as the Father sent me, so I sent you. So you have a mission. You have something to do here. You know, but sometimes like, we can live our lives being lost, not realizing that we have really a destiny and a mission here. That is what? To be loving, to reveal the Father, you know, to reveal his name, 
to reveal who he is to the world so that the world may believe, right? Yeah. The world will believe when the disciples are one and they're one with the Father and one with Christ and one with another and they're going to be loving. Isn't that like, look how they love one another. That's how the world will believe. So Lord, we repent of the division. We repent of gossip. We repent of the, the, the things that we nurture you know, in our churches, you know, when we should be striving to become one and loving one another so that the world may actually get to know you, you know, because you are love and you are all about one and us being one with you. Amen. So we bless this communion for us.